The Norman Conquest of Southern Italy and Sicily, Podcast Episode 2. In our last episode, we examined the origins of the Normans and some of their characteristics as a people. We also discussed the fact that the Duchy of Normandy in northwestern France was proving too small to contain the many young, ambitious Norman knights that it was producing. Many of these Normans began to seek their fortune abroad. Pilgrimage, a spiritual journey undertaken to an important Christian site, proved to be a vehicle toward revealing new avenues for Norman expansion. Three pilgrimage destinations in particular were a natural draw from France to Italy. For one, Rome, the seat of the papacy and the heart of Western Christendom, attracted many pilgrims throughout the Middle Ages. Also, the Holy Land was one of the most important destinations for pilgrims, and travel to the Holy Land often took pilgrims through Italian ports. Thirdly, there was a shrine that was of keen interest to Normans especially, Mont Saint Angelo in Gargano, on the spur of the boot that is southern Italy. The shrine of Mont Saint Angelo honored Saint Michael the Archangel, the leader of God's heavenly host, whose militant character attracted the Normans. Legends said that Saint Michael had left behind a piece of his magnificent cloak in Gargano. In the ninth century, a French monk carried this relic from Italy to France where it inspired the building of the Abbey of St. Michael in Normandy. Milo's Rebellion Early in the 11th century, a band of Norman knights were visiting the shrine of St. Michael in Gargano when they were approached by a mysterious man dressed in Byzantine style. The man introduced himself as Melo of Berry, a Lombard, and explained that he was the leader in a rebellion against Byzantine rule in Apulia the great province that made up the bulk of the heel of Italy. Though the local Lombards resented Byzantine rule and were ready for rebellion, Milo said that they needed some external aid to bolster their efforts. We aren't exactly sure what Milo promised these Normans in return for their aid, but it must have been enticing, for they eagerly agreed and began spreading the word back home in Normandy to attract more recruits. By 1017... Milo had attracted enough Norman recruits to begin his rebellion. A few hundred newly arrived Normans joined Melo's Lombards in Capua, and together they began ambushing Byzantine garrisons throughout Apulia. Initially, Melo's revolt proved successful. The Lombard-Norman coalition won several early battles, and the coastal cities of Apulia began to throw off Byzantine overlordship. However, and this was the era of Basil II, one of the greatest emperors to ever sit on the throne of Constantinople. It was one of Byzantium's most energetic periods. Basil was particularly keen to maintain his control of southern Italy. Another Basil, Basil Boioannis, had recently been appointed governor of Byzantine Italy. He took quick measures to crush the rebellion, using a force that included contingents from the famed Varangian Guard, Melo's army clashed with the Byzantine forces in 1018 at Cannae in northern Apulia. The Byzantines won, and Melo's rebels, including the Normans, suffered heavy losses. Melo's rebellion had failed. Byzantine power was once again secured in southern Italy. So the first event that involved the Normans in any great numbers in Italy had a rather anticlimactic ending. 
but appearances are often deceiving in history. Boianus, fresh off his victory, took punitive action against some of the rebels, consolidated his administration in Italy, and even began preparing for an invasion of Arab-held Sicily. He also thought that the Normans, recently his opponents, could be put to good use. On a strategically important hill near Benevento, he built a fortress called Troia, and he staffed it with a Norman garrison. Like Melo, Boianus recognized the natural talent of the Normans for military work, and he thought that they would be perfect for the job of guarding the border. In 1022, the Normans of Troia would prove their worth. That year, the Holy Roman Emperor, Henry II, would arrive in southern Italy, intent on asserting his role over that of the Byzantines. For three months, the tenacious Norman garrison held Troia against Henry, helping Boianus to rebuff the invasion. So it was that the Normans now defended the territory of a ruler who, only four years ago, had been their enemy. This would not be the last time that Norman self-interest would allow them to easily shift alliances. It was this sort of flexibility that allowed the Normans to prosper and succeed in volatile southern Italy. Following the failed rebellion of Melo of Berry, the Byzantines weren't the only power in southern Italy eager to hire Norman swords. The independent Lombard princes of southwestern Italy also began to fill their garrisons with Normans. The three major Lombard powers, Benevento, Capua, and Salerno, were racked by internal divisions, as well as the constant external pressure from the Byzantine and Holy Roman empires. Coups and intrigues were a constant feature of the Lombard principalities. The Lombard states also had a tense relationship with the coastal city-states of Naples, Gaeta, and Amalfi. Despite their small size, these city-states were rich because of their ports, which were avenues for trade. Although they benefited from the commerce that flowed through these ports, the Lombard princes were ever eager to gain direct control over the port duchies. Finally, the Pope was an important player in Italian politics. The Lombard principalities bordered the Papal States, but the Pope also had an effective means of influence through the church institutions within the Italian states. Amid this fractious and tumultuous political environment, the Normans had a distinct advantage. They were highly effective warriors, with a reputation for being so. Virtually all the varying powers jockeying for control of Italy would hire the Normans at some point. For a young Norman knight, fresh out of Normandy, and eager for adventure and fortune, employment was easily had throughout the peninsula. Next time, we'll discuss the rise of the first Norman-ruled territory on the Italian peninsula. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please click on the link below to support us on Patreon. If you pledge $5 a month or more to Real Crusades History on Patreon, you'll get access to exclusive content on our Patreon feed not available to the public. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my novel, Why Does the Heathen Rage? A tale of Crusader Jerusalem in the 1120s during the reign of the great warrior King Baldwin II, available on Amazon.